Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers Preview. And yes, we are live on YouTube. And joining me, as always, is none other than my co-host, Dave Schofield, and hopefully soon, Brian Anthony Davis. He might be up. There he is. Mr. Bad is back. Hey! Just in time. Just in the nick of time. How's it going, Dave? How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm pretty sore. Trying to see if I can kick a ball anymore. Uh, <laughs> uh, it looks like Brian's doing some spring cleaning over there, so we'll get to him in a second. He's putting a jersey on, it looks like. Um, so for those that are listening in audio, oh, it looks like a brand new... Is that a brand new James Washington jersey you got there? Yeah, I got my J-Dub. I've got my Rosie Nix came in. My uh, Joe Hayden came in. Well, and Christmas came so, early. It's Christmas yeah, in well, September. Well, I sold a few, so uh, it was uh, gratuity, basically. Um, so I checked out. I've got, of 22 starters, I've got 15. So it's time to start stop. That's pretty good. Now, it's... Tonight, right now, is Thursday night, and right now the kickoff game is happening as we speak. I'm, I'm not able to watch it. I have no television in my room, but nonetheless, I want Dave, let's start the show off with an update on our David DeCastro autograph football, um, because we've, we're into our sixth league. Am I right? That is correct, and that's something I should have had ready before I, we went on, but I'm like, yeah, uh, I, I need that. Amateur. No, don't worry. It won't take me long. <laughs> oh, we went to no, sixth? Don't... Yeah, we're in six, and the last time I checked, we had 31 spots remaining. We were up to, well, where there was 31 spots remaining, um, if, if you know what I mean. And we are currently at 18 remaining positions. We have 82 <laughs> yes. in the sixth league. So that's oh, what we I, have left. We could get those filled easily. I haven't even told my friends, so I'll, I'll tell them. You know, it's funny because I just realized we were live. I thought this was pre-show. <laughs> So no, no, everyone just saw you change your shirt. So there you go. Oh, great! Glad, glad I'm wearing pants. I'll tell you that. <laughs> if you're if you're listening on podcast form, good decision. That's all I'm saying. I'm just joking, Brian. <laughs> so okay, we have a lot of good stuff to talk about today. We have a lot to get through in terms of the Patriots game coming up on Sunday Night Football. Um, we're going to try to take a unique perspective with this upcoming game, not anything that is particularly usual. Cause if you listened to the shows yesterday, which I really hope you all did, Lance and I interviewed Max Starks, the former tackle for the Steelers who was drafted the same year as Ben Roethlisberger. He spent about 10 to 12 minutes. It was all the time that he had that he could give us um, talking about the game, what he thought about the game. It was really good. And then we also, and at night, that was at 730 East Coast time. At 930, we went on again, and we had Pat Lane, who was from Pat's Pulpit. He runs their Patriots. That's Pat's Pulpit is SB Nation's um, New England Patriots website. He runs their podcast platform, and he gave us some really good information from the Patriots side of things. So we kind of did all the nuts and bolts from that side. But let's talk about something that's a little bit different. We're going to go through a stat geek. We're going to talk about betting odds. We're going to talk about fantasy football. We're going to talk about the X factors and things like that. And that's where I want to start with this game. And that is X factors. Which player? Let's let's think about one offense and one defensive player. Now this, this, the criteria to be an X factor is kind of vague. 
It's someone that's going to really impact the game and could also swing the outcome one way or the other. It's a team game. I get it. But ultimately, X-Factors are always those players that seem to have a they have a knack of making plays and making plays that help win. So, Brian, I'm going to go with you first. You can do offense or defense. does not matter. Who's an X-Factor that you're watching in this game on Sunday night? And I think he's giving us a hint right there as he tilts the camera back to his number 13 jersey. Brian, you're muted. Unmute yourself. Amateur hour's over. All right, here we go. No, actually, I, I'm practicing being a mime. Um, okay. <laughs> so, but mimes don't move their lips. So, now James Washington is the guy that's going to take the onus off of Juju Smith Schuster. So, he's the guy that he is definitely making that jump from year one to year two. And it's time for him to really show up. And I really think he's going to. His rapport with Ben Roethlisberger is so much better. And something I've said about this preseason, he didn't just catch passes from his old buddy Mason Rudolph from OK State. He caught passes from Josh Dobbs. He may have caught one from uh, uh, Devlin Hodges, but I'm not completely sure about that. But he's showing his versatility now. I really think he's making that jump. So let's go with number 13. No, but before we go on to Dave, Brian, does the fact that he hasn't caught a pass from Ben Roethlisberger this year concern you at all going into this game? Because I know they've practiced, but he didn't touch a football thrown from number seven in that third preseason game when Ben had eh, a little bit less than a quarter of work. I mean, it could concern me, but it doesn't because I know that they have been working. There's been a lot of work um, in Latrobe on the north side. Um so this is not the, the first time they've been working. And if you remember the tail end of 2018 against the Patriots, James Washington had a good, a big catch. He had another catch. Uh, he had a few catches down the stretch that were pretty important. After he got balled out um, after the Denver game, James Washington came to work and he, uh, he was glad that uh, Ben called him out. And uh, they really started forming rapport then. So I think that's going to carry over. Okay, Dave, what about you? Well, who's your X factor in this game? I'd like to go with the position group, but I know you'll get mad at me because you say I don't follow the rules. So I'll pick one player from that position group. I'm going to go. Oh, no. See, but that's too difficult because he won't be in the field enough. So I'll I switch knew, it. I'm gonna go, I know exactly. I know who you're going to say. I'm going with defensive line. I was going to say Javon Hargrave <laughs> because we need that pressure up the middle. So because I don't know that he'll be in enough on passing situations, I'm going to then say Cam Hayward. The, the Steelers have to get that pressure right up the middle. It's really more Javon Hargrave when he's in there because Pats are kind of struggling, especially at the center position. I think they're vulnerable. Their offensive line is vulnerable. And if they can get, if they can get a quick pass, pass rush, on Tom Brady, like they were getting on Marcus Mariota and whoever it was that came in after him, I didn't care enough to remember. Um, in that third preseason game, they were getting up, they were getting at him quick, not just around the edge, but up the middle. If they can do that, then it's going to be tough for the Patriots to move the ball and score, and that's what's going to need to happen in order for them to win this game. All right, so I'm going to ask you a question uh, on, on your X factor, like I did with Brian. What? If you were coaching the Steelers, and I'm putting you on the spot here, if you were coaching the Steelers, you realize that you you want to get Javon Hargrave on the field as much as possible. How are you doing that? Because right now he's basically just a base player, and that's why he's considered a part-time player. So if you were the coach, what would what would you do to get him on the field more? 
Okay, I would just include him in the in the defensive tackle rotation to know that he's going to be out there when you have all three, but you're going to be playing that so, so little that you want to make sure that you figure out the rotation, which wouldn't be that hard to figure out if they need to hire someone to do it. I'm available. Um, I could be on the sidelines and tell him when to do it um, to get them all pretty much even snaps by having him be that guy that fills in for Stefan to when he comes out and, and, and came Cam Hayward. Now I know that means it might cut in a little bit to Tyson Alualu, but then it does. I would still like to see Hargrave on the field in sub-package football as a defensive tackle with either Hayward or Tuitt. There was a lot of times that it would be Hargrave and Alualu. I would just like to see them switch it up and see those guys where it doesn't matter which side they're lined up on. See if you can you know, flip-flop them around a little bit to see if you can find an advantage of someone who, who has a better advantage over someone else, and then they just try to exploit it. But it's it's got to just take that rotation of getting him out there just at a defensive tackle, not necessarily just at nose tackle in that rotation. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I had to chuckle to myself for multiple reasons during Mike Tomlin's press conference Tuesday when he called Javon Hargrave basically blockbuster and saying that he needs to diversify. And I get it because that's comparison to how blockbuster said that the experience of going into the store and getting a movie is why they don't have to change anything. And then they're bankrupt and Netflix has taken over. The one thing though, that I found was kind of hypocritical in my opinion was I think Javon Hargrave has proven that he can do more than just rush the passer. How can he diversify if you're not getting him on the field more? So, Brian, I'll ask you, since we're on the Javon Hargrave talk right now, would you be? do you think he is good enough in run defense that you can put him out there and he's not going to be a liability? So if, like Dave suggested, he goes out with Hargrave, I'm sorry, he goes out with Tuitt, he goes out with Hayward, it, there's not going to be any drop-off in production. Yeah, you know what I actually think there is. We we we've seen some versatility from him. We've seen six and a half sacks. We've seen him uh, um, make really nice plays on a running back. Um, so you know what I think it's time to just find situations for him. As the coaches, um, you know Johnny Mitchell's in there. He can go ahead and uh, work some magic to find ways to go ahead and and get. Him. Excuse me, I'm not sorry, not John Mitchell, um, Dunbar could go ahead and uh, find some ways to get him some more action in there. Um, that's what the team really needs to do. Just find ways to get your playmakers on defense and your stalwarts on defense into the game. Um, they could get him more. And like you mentioned, uh, Jeff, it's like the old, uh, when you were going for a job out of college and they're saying, well, you know what? Uh, you have talent, but you just don't have the experience. Well, give me the experience. I'll give you my talent. That's what we can get from Javon Hargrave, if you just put him in there. Um, we're really playing with fire with this guy because he's going to make a lot of money and be in a different color jersey next year if uh, if they don't sh start showing him some appreciation. And whether he gets uh, on the field more or less this year, somebody's going to notice his talent. Yeah, and if I were to give you my X factor, it would be on the defensive side of the ball. And last night... Uh, Lance and I were talking on one of the shows, I can't remember which one, about is there a player that no one's really talking about that could be a difference maker? And I'm checking the live chat as we go, and I don't see anyone mentioning this guy, yet I think he is the X factor in this game on the defensive side of the ball, and that's TJ Watt. I mean, TJ Watt, literally no one has 
no one's really talking about him and how dominant he was last year when he played against the Patriots. To me, TJ Watt is the closest thing in terms of a game breaker they've had since Troy Polamalu played for the Steelers. A guy that is athletic enough, that is talented enough, that works hard enough, that he can actually go out and break a game open. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Has there been anyone in between Paulo Malu and would you put TJ Watt in that category? Dave, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah. I mean, even though it's, he's only uh, two years into his career, I, I think he's he showed that. And it's funny that it's you guys are so right. He was He's so flying under the radar right now that all of a sudden he's going to come out and everyone's going to be talking about him again. It's almost like he's... He's gotten lost in the shuffle with all this other talk of everything going on. So the Devin, the Devin Bush talk. Everyone's talking exactly. about the inside linebackers. They're forgetting about the fact that TJ Watt had over a dozen sacks last year. Brian, do you agree with the whole TJ Watt is the best playmaker they've had on defense since Paul Amali retired? Absolutely. And it comes to the it comes to the point that he's expected to do so. Uh, you look at his two careers. If I could uh, borrow the brilliance of Dave Schofield, who was our stat guy, and throw out some stats of my own through two years, he has 20 sacks, which means if he if he averages 10 sacks the next six years, he's the all time sack leader in Pittsburgh. Just like that. This guy is a champion on that defense. And I really think that uh, we're just expecting him to do it now. But yeah, he's the X factor, and we should not overlook that. Good call, Jeff. He's going to make a splash. I'm not sure how yet. I wouldn't be shocked if he somehow winds up with a pick because they drop him into coverage a lot. He's athletic enough. He has really good hands. He, I believe, was he a tight end as well? I know JJ was. Was TJ recruited as a tight end, or was yeah, he was. Just... He he started as a tight end at Wisconsin. Even that's what I thought. I know yeah. that JJ went to Central Michigan as a tight end, played with Antonio Brown, Mister Third and Fifth. Well. Because isn't that part of that, the reason that he fell to the Steelers? Because he only had one year at outside linebacker. Well, if yeah, not, yeah, he probably would have. He probably would have been drafted within the top ten, maybe even top five. You're right. You're if he right. would have had more time. So I think it's un, it's unbelievable that you know it, it is. I, I kind of caught myself thinking, man, no one is talking about T.J. Watt. Like that's crazy. Like they, we're talking about. I, I think one of the up and coming superstars uh, as as at that defensive position, which. I hate calling him an outside linebacker because he's such a hybrid player. He does the defensive end stuff. He does outside linebacker stuff. And so there you go. So, okay, let's switch gears now from our X factor and let's go into the injury report. And the injury report that's going on right now, the Steelers have pretty squeaky clean except for Sean Davis. Dave, run us down the injury report for the Steelers and the Patriots. Um, there's not much for either team, so it shouldn't take you that long. <laughs> No, there isn't. Uh, Sean Davis is, did not practice yesterday or today. Um, I wasn't super concerned. If he didn't practice Wednesday, I was pretty concerned. But when I got super concerned was when he did not practice today. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he was held out, came back in a limited fashion today, and then practiced tomorrow and would be okay. That's what it would have taken. But with him not practicing today, I don't see any way that he's going to be in uniform on Sunday. Um, I mean, it's possible, but it just doesn't seem to be in the plan. So uh, that's it. The only other player on the Steelers was today. Mark Barron was given the day off as a coach's decision. So I don't know if there was something personal going on there, if he was at practice or not, but uh, it wasn't due to injury. And then the Patriots had three guys limited, the same three guys both days. 
um, a tight end. I think it's is it the Lacoste Lacoste or something like that. And then um, the one safety that people wanted the Steelers to to didn't he come from? Didn't Oakland draft him and then they cut him? That people wanted the Steelers to take the Osufofu or whatever it was. <laughs> I can't remember um, if, if I'm thinking of the right player. I can't even begin to say, hey, I need that money in the tip jar. I butchered that name big time. And then, of course, the other limited player was uh, Demarius Thomas, who the Patriots cut over the weekend um, just so they could get their first round draft pick onto the onto the IR. So there, there is no and kill Harry because he is on the IR, but they wanted to make it eligible for you know, designated to return. So that's why they cut Demarius Thomas and then just signed him a few days later. So he's back on the team, but been limited in practice. What is the designation for uh, the injury to Thomas? Do they say, is it ankle, wrist, whatever? Um, I don't think they even said. They just list. I mean, I'm going strictly by, I, I know if I dig more into Twitter, into the Patriots stuff, I could probably find it. But I I like to stick to the official stuff. So I'm going to with the official Patriots.com and they did not list an injury for the guys. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. So the Steelers now have, if you follow the way the trends go, if a player misses Wednesday and Thursday, there is probably less than 5% chance, maybe that might be generous, less than 5% chance that they're going to play in that upcoming game. So even if Sean Davis is a limited participant tomorrow, which is Friday's practice, there's really no there's really no chance that he's going to play. And so that means that the Steelers are going to go into this game with a safety tandem of, of Terrell Edmonds and Cam Kelly. Brian, I'll ask you, your confidence level in that tandem, Cam Kelly's first NFL start is, let's say, 10 is super confident. One is, holy crap, we're going to get shredded, like Anthony Smith style. Where are you falling on this on this 1 to 10 scale? You've got two undrafted players playing at safety at this point um they have talent well i oh, mean i'm saying Terrell edmonds was the number one the top uh, i'm sorry i i uh i thought you were talking about the combination but between... he means filling in for them jeff he means the two people they have working in that position for the for, okay, for now well cam kelly and Terrell edmonds are the well, starting duo yes not, I'm not necessarily about, they I'm were talking about mike hilton at safety Okay. Thanks, Dave. Dave's sticking up for me. That's what I'm yeah. going to explain. But, he knows what we're yeah, talking that, about. That, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, so I already started to answer the question in my head while uh, you were still talking. So I apologize. But you know, I have great confidence in Terrell Edmonds because I really think he's made that jump also from year one to year two. I think he's going to start to play a whole heck of a lot better. Cam Kelly is unknown. Um, Mike Hilton at safety is. Uh, pretty much unknown we've he's been our slot corner for the last couple years um so you have to take a huge deep breath um say it say a few prayers eat your vitamins go down to venice beach and and do whatever you have to do um to hope this this works out and hope that he does not get exploited by the master exploiters in the nfl um so i hope that they're addressing that and they're uh they're working a few things. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm worried about, uh, I'm, I'm not as worried about Edmonds. I'm worried more about the combo of Hilton and Kelly. I wanted them on the team. I wanted Kelly on that team desperately. And I think he's working really hard, but the bottom line is he's an undrafted guy who last played a professional game for the AAF that counted. Okay. So one to 10, what's your number? 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's go five. Okay, what about you, Dave? Where do you fall on that scale? And explain your answer. Okay, so you say it's the level of concern over the safety, right? I'm ten, just making sure it's been a while. No, no, ten. No, it's, <laughs> it, it's a confidence scale. Ten, yeah. I'm super confidence confident. Scale. Number one is holy crap. It's like Anthony okay. Smith is out there. So, so, so one is bad. I'm gonna go. I'll even go a little bit more. I'm gonna. I'm even gonna say four. Um, because I'm I'm a little bit less than that. You're talking about the safety play in general or just the free safety? No, 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 safety play in general. Okay, well, if I'm throwing Terrell Edmonds in there, then I'll bump it up to a six because I'm very confident in him. But I am concerned about the whole thing with Sean Davis. It's not that I have a problem with Cam Kelly. I think he's going to be a great player. I just did not want him to have to be out on the field playing every down in his very first NFL game. If Sean Davis was was there, I still think Kelly was going to get snaps in sub-package football. But I, I would have felt much better him getting a few games under his belt in that respect first, rather than his very first NFL game going up against Tom Brady and the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots because I have a feeling they're going to go at him wherever he is. Then when you talk about if – where they had, they were also now I don't think it was today as much but yesterday they definitely were splitting time between Kelly and Mike Hilton. The problem is anytime you take a player from one position and move him to a different position, then you're talking about two different guys playing a position rather than just one. Now, I the the thing that they, the reason they could maybe get away with that with Hilton is because a lot of people feel that that Hilton and Sutton are, are just a 1A and 1B, that there's not much of a gap there. And that's probably why the Steelers looked at it, because they didn't feel like they were they were down two men, if you know what I mean. So I, I it's just such an unknown is, is the thing. So who knows? Maybe Kelly goes out there and just plays fantastic, but we've never seen it on an NFL field in a game that counted. So you don't like this answer, but what am I going to say? We'll see. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that, you know, I would say, I'm going to say that uh, this is literally a shot in the dark, but I'm going to say seven. I agree with everything you guys said about Edmonds, but believe it or not, the Steelers have already been practicing and already been preparing for moving safeties around in certain sub packages, mainly in their dime package. They have a heavy dime and they have a light dime or a skinny dime. And so what they've been doing is on the heavy dime, Cam Kelly would come in and play the deep safety and Sean Davis would rotate down and play in the box. And so they would add that extra safety on the field. In light, they would actually move Davis down and move Hilton back. And so they've been moving these guys around. I think they have experience. I don't expect a big drop-off. I'm not saying that Cam Kelly is going to come out and just set the world on fire and going to be a step ahead of Tom Brady because that's not going to happen. But I do think that there won't be as a as big a drop-off. The, the one thing that scares me is the Steelers might be limited a little bit. They might be... They might not be able to run that heavy dime package that they want to to help stop the run while keeping Barron and Bush on the field. And so because of that, 
I'm not so sure what's going to happen, but it's an injury to keep your eye on. It is a starter. That's unfortunate that Davis isn't going to get to play. Hopefully it's not a long-term injury and hopefully he's back for week two when the Seahawks come to Heinz field. So let's switch gears a little bit. Dave, you have a, a stat key for this week, correct? Oh, I guess I do. Um, I kind of used up a lot of stuff on my show on Tuesday night, but, uh, but I'll, I'll just throw a couple different things out there. And unfortunately, it's not really stats with the Steelers. It's more stats about their opponent. So you guys, if, if you paid attention at all, and it's funny because I was actually the first person to, that I saw that put something out there in an article, and then people started um, picking up on it and, and saying it is, what is the Patriots' current home winning streak? Mm. I heard this on your show the other day, and I just can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what it is, Brian? Let's go uh, 16. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. You listened to my show, didn't you, Brian? Absolutely, um, I didn't. That was a pure guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, but it, it is. He's it, not it, a team player. He doesn't. No, he's not. Oh, a team you know player. what? <laughs> I heard you guys talking about me like crazy last week, and it was in a good way uh, after the Carolina game. So I know all about that. <laughs> so. <sighs> that's all right, Brian. We still love you, but it's yeah. So it's 16 games, 16 game win streak. And you're like, Oh wow. That's, that's, that's crazy. Um, the last game they lost was to the Carolina Panthers, but um, that was, I'm pretty sure it was like week five or six of, of 2017, but the, their last home loss in week one, we all remember that one. Don't we? That was Kansas city. Wasn't it? That was the Kansas City game where Kansas City just came out and put a thumping on them on on the same night that the Patriots raised the banner. It wasn't right away though. The Patriots looked really good in the first quarter, and if they you went to sleep, if, if you went to sleep at halftime, you probably thought the Patriots ran away with it, and you woke no, up and the, said, "Holy crap!" The Chiefs came back and won, which is oh, what happened with me. And so the Steelers, I, I think it's something with the, that's to me. I think that's something that's important for the Steelers. Just you have to weather that opening storm. You know, you have to get through that first quarter where the they're going to be all amped up and the crowd's going to be, if you just weather the storm, I think they'll be fine. But go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, that was fine. Yeah, the the the, the biggest mar, uh, margin that the Patriots had where they were up in the second quarter, 17-7. Uh, to 7. But Kansas City ended up coming back and winning that game 42-27. Uh, to 27. So that, that's, that was something. Now, here's the question. From that game, when was the last time the Patriots lost at home in in week one before they lost that Kansas City game? Uh, Just a guess. What, I, was it against Kansas City? No. Was it the 2008 game where Tom Brady tore his ACL? Or was that not at home? No, I think they won I, that I, game. Did they win Kansas that was Kansas game? City. Mm-hmm. I know Kansas, Kansas City. City was the team that, that took his knee out. You said I that was did, yeah, 2000. Bernard Fowler. Yeah, but they, yeah, they, the Patriots still won that game 17 to 10. Oh, okay. Wow. Matt Castle. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking way back in like 2001 or two when uh, they played Buffalo and they blew them out like crazy. Uh, Ooh, I that, remember that, that, yeah, that was th- uh, 31 to nothing, I do believe, but that was not at Foxborough. That was in Buffalo. Okay. Right. So, so, but no, we, that was that was going to be a question that was coming up. I was going to ask about about the Patriots being shut out in Week One um, 
in the Tom Brady era because this their loss before this one actually goes back to Drew Bledsoe. Holy crap. It goes all the way back to 2000 where they when they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, let's see, what was that score when they lost to the Buccaneers? They lost uh, 21 to 16 to Tampa Bay uh, to, to open the 2000 season. So wow. think about think about all that's 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 happened since then. Every you know, where were we in the year 2000 um, for that game? I was I was student teaching in college i remember you know what i mean that's the last junior junior in high school yeah Yeah. (laughs) i was in the workforce (laughs) baby (laughs) so so it's been a long time because yeah tom brady is nine and one at home in week one a lot of people say the patriots start slow they don't start slow i talked about this tuesday night they don't start as slow as people think. They don't start slow in week one. They might not have the best record over the first quarter of the season, but they generally come out pretty well in week one. So that's just some interesting stats. And I, I talked about that on my show, but the whole point of my show was so many people from, and I could have mentioned Jeff's article that he had out when Jeff's like, it's the word if the, if the Steelers don't play well week one, it does not mean that the sky is falling and, and the, the world is on fire and that the, the season is over. I got it's ripped for game. that article, by the way. I got ripped for that article. <laughs> yes. And you shouldn't have. You asked me about that article before you published it. And I'm yeah, like, this needs to be said. And well, I could and I completely agree because if they lose week one, all that means is that they're not going to go 16 and 0. This is the game out of all their games they're not supposed to win. They're the biggest underdog. We'll talk about that when we go to odds. But what I want people to say that say, oh no, they got to win this game. They're going to win this game. I like you in this game, but you've got to understand what this means, the significance of what a win on Sunday night means. It's not beyond their reach. I like what Vance, sorry, Van, I'm thinking of Vance McDonald, what Lance Williams said, that's, that historical st- statistics, how do they really matter? They don't matter going into this. We know that Tom Brady's good. We know that he's good. He doesn't have to be 9-1 and one in week one to know that Tom Brady's a good player. So bottom line, as we're looking at some of these stats and all the things that it's stacked up against, it doesn't matter. All what's going to go to show is that the Steelers did something impressive if they go in there and win because nobody's been able to do it. When was the last time the Steelers won in New England? 2008, Matt Castle. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think and Ryan, they fell behind I, in that game, I believe. But yeah, remember, I, I think James Harrison killed, no, Ryan Clark killed two people that game, and James Harrison killed one. So that was a fun game. That was in the rain. Just you remember that West, that hit on Wes Welker? Ryan Clark hit him over the middle. Oh, I mean, I have a signed eight by 10 of that hit by Ryan Clark. It's one of those plays that he probably would have been kicked out of the league if he did it today. <laughs> it, was a, it was a, as brutal a hit as you can get. And um, I have fond memories of that game, but there's always that little caveat that Tom Brady wasn't playing. You know, that was a Matt Castle led team, which went, I want to say, 11 and 5. 11 and 5 and missed the playoffs. That, that is correct. That is insane. So it's been a long time since the Steelers have gone into Foxborough and won the game. Before we get into our predictions, which I'm excited to hear what you all think. If you listened to our shows yesterday, you know what I think. I'll say I'll say my prediction again. But let's talk about some fantasy football. That's right. FanDuel, baby, or DraftKings, whatever you like. I don't care. I'm a FanDuel guy because that's what I started playing, and I just stuck with it. I know that these guys are in my FanDuel league. Um, I did talk about at one point starting a league for the B 
BTSC podcast, but haven't gotten around to doing that yet. But anyways, guys, what I want to do is this is something that Brian and I used to do when it was just the two of us for our Steelers preview. We would do your lock of the week, basically who you think you should start, the person you should avoid, and maybe any other players that might be some good additions along the way. Now, we're focusing on daily fantasy football. So this is not your keeper league or your auction league or your traditional league where you pick a team and you have them the whole time. You can pick whoever you want. So Brian, in typical fashion, we'll start with you. Who's your lock of the week? Can be for the Steelers, can be for the Patriots. Doesn't matter. You're trying to win your fantasy game. James Conner. That's uh, I really think they're going to go to James Conner quite a bit. Okay. What about you, Dave? Who's I gotta think. I gotta think of another one, because <laughs> because of course Brian hey, Brian no no, no. I, go ahead with James Conner no I mean, I, cool. I, I agree James, James Conner's pretty good I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with James Washington I don't know that he's gonna get a ton of catches but I think he's gonna get decent yards with him um, I I think he's gonna have to um, he's gonna he's gonna have to to do something in order um, for for them because they're gonna focus so much on Juju that's why I would. Well, we haven't got to that part yet. So, um, but yeah, I agree with Connor. Uh, that's my number one pick. Uh, there's there's something in the back of my head that is telling me Vance McDonald. I'm not sure why. There's nothing about the Patriots defense that I've seen that makes me say like they're going to be susceptible to the tight end, similar to like the, pa- like the Patriots versus the Steelers in the past, where you've always said, oh, if, if you got an athletic tight end like Travis Kelsey or Rob Gronkowski and they're playing Pittsburgh, you want to start them. It's nothing like that. But there's something in the back of my head that just says that, man, I, I think the Vance McDonald could have a game. I. I don't know. I think he'd have a game. I think he could be good for a touchdown at least, which could help you in your fantasy league. Now, Brian, let's go to you for your player that you would bench. Who are you going to bench in this game? You're saying stay away from him like the plague. Eli Rogers. Um, <laughs> so, in fact, I don't even think he's going to dress, guys. But yeah, I know. Okay, before you start with the, on the live chat, I know he was cut. This is Brian trying to be funny. Um, so. Wah, wah. you know what i've uh you know i respect everything jeff says um but i'm actually going vance mcdonald um how i just don't have uh, yeah you know yeah and i hate to do that because (laughs) then uh, but you, you know what i i just have that feeling that I just don't see the tight end being a factor in this game as much. Um, I know they're going to pass, but there's just something telling me no, and he's usually the guy I'm always picking. Um, I might have his jersey on, who knows, but um, I'm just not feeling it with, uh, with Vance. With everyone focused on the outside, the seam will be open. Vance over the middle. I- Dishing I out the right. punishment. Uh, yeah, I am going to be right. Dave, what do you think? Who's the player that you say bench? Don't even know. <sighs> if you can't, uh, no, don't skate no, off easy and say Benny Snell or anything no, like that. No, I'm not. I'm, this is because I know I'm going to hear about it because you're going to say, well, that's, that's because you hate him. Oh, but Deontay Johnson. You can't go with the rookie in week one. You, you, you could think of him as being a sleeper pick. I. You, you just can't do it in week one. Um, you know, a, a third round rookie in week one, it, it, it's too tough. You got to see that he's actually going to get the ball. I mean, look, I got burnt so many times last year trying to jump, 
you know, pushed James Washington as a rookie into my FanDuel lineup because he was cheap just to get zero points from him. So I would say, especially in a daily fantasy, don't think, oh, well, he's going to be cheap. I'm going to go out there and, and, you know, throw Deontay Johnson in my lineup because he could really do something. I would still stay, steer clear of that. And then I, I know in the future you're going to have to pay more for him when he starts to show, but it's just, it's just too risky of a move this early in the season. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. <sighs> and there's a couple easy pieces that you could say, like I could easily say Ryan Switzer. I could say, you know, Dante, Mon- actually that's what I'm going to say. I could say Xavier Grimble or something. Like I think it's Dante Moncrief. I'm just not going to put him in my lineup until I see what they want to do with him. I've heard about the rapport with Ben. I've heard about how he's done really well, and I'm not suggesting he's going to be a dud for the Steelers. I guess I'm just looking at it and saying, I want to see what he's going to do before I put him in my lineup. And maybe they, he goes out and he plays really well, and maybe he has six catches for 85 yards and a touchdown, which would be a really good day for someone like him. But until then, I'm just going to pass on Dante Moncrief. I'm just going to leave unless, unless it's a situation where on my daily league, I only have X amount of money. I'm looking to maximize my money for the player. I know he'll play a lot. I know he might get some receptions. That would be the only reason I'd put him in my lineup. That's who I would say to avoid. Okay. Brian sleeper picks. Who would be your player that might go under the radar that you could say, "Hey, this guy might get you in the end zone," and he might not be on a lot of on a lot of rosters right no, now? No, 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 no. He's going to get you in the touch. He's going to get you in the touchdown. Oh, the touchdown game. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to come up with something cool for uprights too, which you're not going to be anywhere near tomorrow, Dave. Um, <laughs> but so <laughs> the long yellow thingy things skinny things um but anyways no you know what i'm actually thinking ryan switzer i keep hearing about this rapport with with ben roethlisberger there's something in my head thinks that uh we might be seeing six or seven catches i mean no not not uh over 100 yards but i could see a lot of dinks to this guy uh being a new wrinkle because they're looking for new wrinkles they don't want to if anything that Ben said the other day that really struck a chord with me was the fact that we're not going to be able to do the same thing we did last December against the New England Patriots. So I'm kind of thinking that uh, they're going to look for more wrinkles on offense, and I think Ryan Switzer could be one of them. Okay, Dave, let's choose your sleeper pick. Now, you might not agree with this because it's a Sunday night game, so therefore on, on Daily Fantasy, you can't use this as an option. But if you're playing something that uses the whole weekend, I'm going to say, even though they're going against the Patriots, I'm going to say the Steelers' defense. I, okay. I mean, I, I, I um, what is it? Five out of the last six times the Steelers and Patriots have played, it's the, it's been the under. I think it's five out of six. might have been four out of five, something like that, where I – I don't think they're the, the points are going to go crazy. And I think that they're going to get to Tom Brady and get some sacks. So that could help you. And what would be really nice is they added the turnovers. So, but I, I think as a sleeper, especially they're, they're probably going to be a little bit cheaper because of who they're playing. But I think the Steelers defense could score some points. I agree with, with both you guys. I'm going to go in a different way. And this is another one of those situations. And we all get into this situation. If you play daily fantasy, and that is, you set the guys that you definitely want on your team and you look at your allotment and you're like, okay, how can I maximize this $6,000 or this $8,000? It's Jalen Samuels. 
he might not see a ton of touches, but he's that ace in the hole for me that they're going to use him. You listen to Ben Roethlisberger this week. You listen to Randy Feetner today. They, the comments that were made were that they're going to use Jalen Samuels and they're going to use him in a variety of ways. Think about a situation where they're so enamored with maybe Moncrief or Washington and Juju. And all of a sudden Samuels is in the shotgun formation, sidecar right or sidecar left of Ben. And they put him into motion and move him to the slot. Who's going to pick him up? It's not going to be a safety. It's probably going to be a linebacker. And that's a mismatch every single time. I think the Steelers are going to be doing a lot of that type of stuff. That's the wrinkle they're going to try to use. They'll do it with James Conner too, but I think that absolutely you'll see Jalen Samuels. I think Jalen Samuels could have a good game. I'm not saying 172 yards like last year in week 15, but he could have a really good game. Could be a good sleeper pick for you. What's up, Brian? You want to say something? I, I love it. But what's going to happen now? Both Dave and I are going to take Jalen Samuels as well to cancel you out. But I love that. I love that theory. You know who else I would think about playing? And it's someone no one has talked about. And it would would have to be bottom of the barrel. I have like $4,000. Is the guy that Dave said did not play. And that's Deontay Deontay Johnson. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I think that. I think that they haven't been talking about him, but I think he looks really good in and out of his breaks. He has good hands. Ben has praised him, which means something to me. I just think that maybe they have some packages for him, especially in the red zone, that could equate to touchdowns, which help you in fantasy football. So there you go. Well, my my biggest thing is if they didn't have to cut a wide receiver in order to keep all the linebackers they wanted, I wouldn't even be sure that he was dressing. You but know, he's, going, he's going to now. But he has to because he only has yeah, five. Exactly. So, so the the question is: Is he going to is he going to start off the season as the DHB receiver, meaning the number five guy that gets on the field for five snaps and has two targets on the season? You know, not that that's going to happen for the season, but I'm I just know. saying early on that early on you might not see him out there a ton. That was why I said that. But you're right. If, it's it's so funny, Jeff, because you you and I do do the daily fantasy so opposites. You pick the guys you want, and then you try to scrape the guys at the bottom. I look at positions that I try to say that where can I get by cheap, and I fill in a couple of them to see where <laughs> then I have extra money to spend it on other stuff. So we're like exactly opposite with our philosophy. What's your approach, Brian? I'm with Jeff. I go with yeah. the guys I want and see who I can get cheap later. The, the the one thing about Deontay Johnson is if I'm the Steelers, I'm almost having a rotation with Switzer like I did with Eli Rogers in the preseason, at least to start. See if you can get a spark. See if you can guy, see a guy that's the matchup is, is good. And he's a guy that the Patriots don't have much tape on. They don't know much about. Uh, he might be a difference maker. I'm not saying he's an X factor, but he might be a difference maker. Okay. I, ahead, I, I would love to see that. I really would. That's what no, I'm hoping no, to see. No, you wouldn't. You hate him. You hate his guts. <laughs> you started the Deontay Johnson hate club see, on Facebook. Yeah. I just... Well, everyone's talking about the, the, the field goal <laughs> kick on there. That's see, the only chance that I have, which, by the way, I have no chance to hit this field goal for those you say <laughs> I don't. I have zero chance. Okay? Um, the the only thing I could do is put a put a picture of Deontay Johnson on the ball just so I could you know have motivation to 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 kick it even harder. No, you need so. a picture of me and Jeff on the ball is what you need. No, <laughs> when we talk about the con- when we talk about that the field goal, I, I've, I we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. We will get there. You're ready to talk to. Them. We will get there. But first, let's get today for the betting side of things and this isn't fantasy football we're talking about the over under we're talking about the spread we're going to give our predictions it's prediction time people pay attention wake up dave go ahead tell us what the information is 
Okay, I'm actually refreshing the page now because there is... Tell me there, it didn't change already. It keeps changing. Oh, and what's boy. changing... Now, the consensus spread has, has, has pretty much gone pretty much held true over the last week where it did drop down. It is it, the spread is five and a half points is what it is now. That is the spread. But what keeps dropping because there's an awful lot of action on it is the over under. It's the over now. under. It is. It's going down. It was, I think at 52 at one point and it's now at 49. So that's, what's going down. So you've got the, 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 the Patriots favored by five and a half, the over under of 49 and the one that I love that I I'd like to go uh, um, drive to a to an establishment to put a very small wager on something that I mentioned is the is 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 the money line the the straight up win the game money line because the Steelers now it has it's I think there's been so much action on it it's, it's dropped it was as high at one point as as plus two forty now it's at plus it was at plus two twenty when I ran the article about about um about the odds. And right now, pretty much the consensus is they don't do a definite consensus of that. It's right around 205 to 10 is where it's holding at. Now, for those of you that don't understand what that means is, it, well, sorry, it's at plus 205. And what that means is how much money, or if you placed a $100 wager, or no, how much of a wager would you have to place in order to get to $100 is what the minus means. So like the Patriots are a minus. And the way it's been sitting, when I did these numbers and I actually calculated the odds the other day, when I had with the numbers that I did, did before was, if you placed a, a bet on the Patriots to win the game straight up earlier this week, it would have been, if you paced, placed $20 on them, you would have won $8. So you would have taken your ticket up and you'd have got $28 by, by investing 20 who wants to do that? Well, what everyone wants to do is they want to put some money on the Steelers to win straight up. Because if you take that $20 bet, you would have been walking out of there with $44 in profit because they would have paid you $64. That's how much the money line is on the Steelers. So that's the betting angle. Okay. So what's the, uh, you said the spread's five and a half. Five and a half. And that the over-under is set at 49 now. Right now, but by the if you're listening to this Friday morning, it could even be lower. It could be lower. Okay, so Brian, what's your prediction? What's the score? And then also give us a do they cover the spread over under? Thirty three twenty nine, and it's going to be the Patriots. Um, first week at home. I don't want to be that guy, but that's just my gut, and I go with my gut a lot. Um, <laughs> With with the so it's yeah I definitely go with my gut a lot so I mean that's a a chance to go with the over, um you know if you go ahead so that would be the over right that I, would be the over that would be bad. the over yes sir and so um so I guess you go ahead and uh, say they're going to go ahead and cover okay Dave your prediction. <sighs> I really think that the, this all comes down to the Steelers' defense. And the last time they played the Patriots, granted it was at home, they held them to 10 points. And the question is, is it a better defense or a worse defense? I think it's a better defense. And you also, is it a better Patriots offense or a worse Patriots offense? I don't think it's as good as a, as a, as a Patriots offense. So those are the factors involved. Therefore I am going to, I've changed back and forth so many times on this. I'm going with the under for sure. 
Now I got to pick a score that actually fits that is the problem. So I'm going to say under, I'm going to say 26, 17 Steelers. I'm going against, I am going against what I did in the survivor pool where I picked new England (laughs) and I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Steelers. 26, 17 is what you said. Yes. Very good. Okay. So, so far, Lance Williams has picked the Patriots to win 24 to 21. Brian Anthony Davis picked the Patriots to win. I forget what his score was. Some crazy 33, 29. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Two point conversion. And Dave Scarefield picked the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's, it's normal. Very normal numbers by Brian today. Um, I am gonna. I guess I'm the I'm the the straw that breaks the camel's back. I take the Steelers, and I said this last night. I like the Steelers to win, but a rather lower scoring affair. I think both of these teams are going to run the ball effectively. It's going to slow the game. Actually, it's going to speed the game up. It's also going to slow it down from a scoring standpoint. I think there's a little, you know, flurry at the end. I think the Steelers win twenty four to twenty. They obviously win. They the Patriots lose the overall game, and I take the under big time. Before we get to anything else, though, I want to ask Brian and Dave this one question. I want you to finish the sentence. Are you ready, Brian? Yes. For the Steelers, for the Steelers to win, they have to do blank. And don't say something stupid like score more points, because we all know that's the case. So for the Steelers to win, they have to do blank. They have to rush Tom Brady like there's no tomorrow. Okay, so get pressure on the quarterback. What about what and about I you? Just upset That's Dave. my answer. Yeah, <laughs> they they have to sack Tom Brady six or more times. Oh my gosh, that's never going to happen, Dave. They're not going to get six on, sacks on Tom Brady. It's if they get three, if they get three, I'm jumping for joy. Okay, maybe the sack. Maybe I'm going too much on on onto the sacks as much as it is the hurries and the hits. Now they have that, to constantly okay. hit him. So if they don't get home with the sacks, but they're constantly hitting him, that's okay. I'm okay with two sacks if they get if they get ten well, hits. Say quarterback pressure. Say quarterback okay. pressure. Then I probably should have said that way. But yeah. not just not just get after him like Brian was said. I, I want to see it coming straight up the middle. Tom Brady handles it better coming from the edge than he does straight up the middle. So if you're coming right up in his face, get him. So that's so the, so the key for them to win is the front five, four, five and four in sub package on defense. I'm going to be a little simpler, and that is I think the Steelers need to win the turnover battle. If they can win the turnover battle, even if it's even or win, I consider that a win. So if neither team turns the ball over, two thumbs up. If they if Steelers get one and they and the Steelers get an interception and Ben doesn't turn it over that's a win. If I don't care. You just have to be even or better. That's key. I think that the Steelers can do that. We'll be interested to see if the Steelers offense can avoid the costly turnover. That's something that has been in the back of my mind a lot the last few weeks as I think about this game. And so there you have it folks. I tell you what, it's going to be crazy. Um Either or, do you guys just want to answer some questions instead of that tonight, or what do you guys want to do? Can, Let's go can I throw, okay, can I throw a quick stat with what you said, Jeff? Sure, go for it, Dave. I would try to say it, but of course I 
being the genius I am, I had myself muted. Um, of the six from the in, during the Patriots' sixteen-game home winning streak, the worst that they have done in the turnover battle was minus one, and that was three times, and that was why it was such a close game week one last year against Houston, and that's why they almost and should have lost the AFC championship game against Jacksonville the year before. But like I said on my show, Jacksonville played in Atlanta where they, they both did the same thing, and that's where you get a lead on the Patriots in the second half, and then you play scared. You play to not lose rather than play to win. And the, if, if the Steelers do that, then you're going to hear me rant and stuff. Um, Brian's going to have to deal with me on the hangover because I'll come on on there and scream and shout about it and everything else because I'm not going to handle it if they if they come out and have a lead and play safe. And then the other but so and then the other time they had a minus one turnover against against Buffalo, but it was Buffalo. So out of those 16 games, three of those or only three of those games, they had a negative turnover ratio and it was minus one. Um, so well, here's the thing. That's why it's important. You've right. got to do that in Foxborough. I said this with Lance last night, and that is that let's not – Steeler fans are very insecure when they play the Patriots, and rightfully so. They've dominated the Steelers over the last decade. But the one thing you have to remember is that it's all about maximizing the opportunities that they give you. Tom Brady is going to try to fit the ball into a really small window sooner or later – and a lot of times the defense gets their hands on it. Think back to 2017. We all know how that game ended with the Jesse James and Eli Rogers intercept, the Ben interception intended for Eli Rogers. But do you forget the Sean Davis dropped interception that went right into his hands that would have sealed the victory? You have to maximize those opportunities. What would have happened last year in week 15 if Joe Hayden doesn't inter intercept that pass on the sideline? Steelers probably lose that game. They probably lose that game. That takes points off the board, yep. period. Mm -hmm. So th this is why for me, like Brady is, they're gonna, they could put the ball on the turf too. You have to come up with those loose balls. You have to catch those interceptions like Vince Williams did. Remember a few years back where everyone's like, holy crap, Vince Williams just got an interception of Tom Brady. It's, it, it's, it's possible. He's not some godlike person that can't that, that makes no mistakes. He's really good. He's one of the greatest of all time. No one's taking that away from him, but he does make mistakes. He will take risks with the football. It's up to the defense to actually take it away. Hayden did it last year. Davis didn't do it the year before. And to me, there's a direct correlation between the win and the loss of that game. If Sean Davis intercepts that pass, then by all means, they win in 2017. The Jesse James play doesn't even happen. So that's what I think personally. So, okay, guys, let's answer some questions here. If we have some questions in the live chat, I'd be glad to answer a few. We have about seven minutes before we hit the hour mark, and that's when we're going to call it a show. Um, fire away if you're listening. Uh, while we wait for some, oh, Lance wants the link to the contest, Dave. So yeah, what I'm, I'm trying to see if the if the uh, if I can get the link that I can put it on the live chat. I'm going to try to. Where it's okay. a link, it's through Yahoo Sports, and if you have a Yahoo account, it just brings you right up. That'll it'll fill in the password and everything if I can find it. Um, 
All right. Well, you look for oh, that. Here's, yep. here's a question. Here's a question, Brian, from Reed. Who has the better tight end situation right now, the Steelers or the Patriots? So let's let's go over the – we do the Steelers situation. The Patriots, Ben Watson suspended. Lance Kendrick suspended. Rom Gronkowski is retired. I don't know who the heck everyone else is. Um, Brian, who's got the better tight end situation? Well, the Lacoste guy, I think damage against Pittsburgh in the Denver game last year. Um, but believe it or not, the Steelers have the better tight end situation. Um, don't know whether they're going to start one, two, or three. Or are they going to start three? Um, I, I expect to see, I definitely expect to see Vance McDonald out there. Um, I ex expect to see Xavier Grimble out there. I don't know whether uh, Zach Gentry is going to get a hat or not. But he's a big shown the ability to catch a football. Um, being 6'8", he's free to go ahead and go out and, and nab one. Um, then you're going to see the H-back situation. Keep on saying it's, if the Steelers need to go with H-back like they did Frank in the uh, the Titans did back in the uh, 90s and early 2000s. Um, they do something like that that and you're bringing chooks in as an extra tight end as a blocker you have a much better situation in pittsburgh all right dave what about you um better tight end situation vance 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 End of story. That's okay. that's the answer. That's Just, fine. That's fine. Vance, okay, let's, Vance let's, is the best out of everyone on both teams. There you go. Let's go with the next question. I love questions like this. Like I really do. There's so many you can ask. I just think they're so fascinating. Donald asks, who gets the first interception on defense? Brian, we'll start with you. Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton. What about you, it's, Dave? It's, it's that it's that wild card. Yeah. What about you, Dave? What do you think? You're talking the Steelers on the season. Now, who gets the first interception of the season? Okay. It's a complete crapshoot. I know. Well, I'm just making sure you weren't saying who gets the first interception in this game, and then I have to choose between if it'll be the Steelers or the Patriots. Okay. You know, So no, the first Steeler to get an interception this year, I'm going Steven Nelson. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's just so quick. I'm going to say Joe Hayden. Here's a I love this one better. <laughs> Who made that, Dave? Now listen, this is the Pittsburgh 2019 Steelers. Okay. In Foxborough, they're going to be playing the, the Patriots. So I think I've laid the groundwork now. Mm -hmm. Which defensive player makes the first tackle of the season? Brian, who you got? This is a total crapshoot. You know what? I'm I'm going to go with Devin Bush. Happened in exhibition games. Cool. So I like that, Dave. DB. Dave, just remember, we are talking about the Steelers, 2019, in Foxborough. I know. Okay, well, I know. When you're sure. asking the Steelers, because obviously <laughs> if the Steelers get the opening kickoff. Then, oh, my um, gosh. Just who's going to make the tackle? Very simple. Who's going to make the first tackle? Um, it's 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 going to be um, – uh, it's going to be – Benny Snell Jr. Oh, though, you took my off. answer. You took my answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, um, so that's how. You all right, Kathy's Kathy is giving us two dollars, which I appreciate. Kathy, she's starting a fund for wall decor for me. 
look, I'm not putting anything on the walls behind me. Number one, I'm in my dining room because my kids are just going to destroy it anyways. So we just go with the blank slate right now. It's no need to change anything. Um, I'm very superstitious too. So by the way, if the Steelers win, I'm definitely not putting anything up over my shoulder until that changes. So, uh, Hey Jeff, I'll tell you what, people want me to put up a Steelers banner. You all send me a Steeler banner and I'll hang it up somehow. How about that? How about that? What's up, Brian? I'm just saying, like, uh, I've got no arguments, so I'm going to give a little trivia. Kathy from what state? Okay. Where is she from? Am I supposed to know yeah. this? No, just see how you know your, your live chatters. I, 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 don't, I don't know where she's from. <laughs> and don't put you it on the board, I'll tell you. No, you go through this every, at the beginning of every show. Kansas? Yeah, I'm full service. Is that you said Kansas. She's from Kansas. See if I'm correct. Go with uh, oh, I was gonna guess a more boring state and say Ohio because that's the most boring state of them all. <laughs> so, um, she gave me two bucks. She called her. How boring. many people? I was gonna say how how many people can Jeff insult in this to, by answering the same question? I didn't insult her. I insulted anyone that lives in Ohio. She lives in Kansas. She's fine. Ohio is a worthless state, by the way. I used to live right next to it, so I know they're awful. Awful drivers. The cars are disgusting. They're horrible. They don't need to be. In, it's awful. Worst state ever. Anyways, let's get to stuff that really matters. Let's get stuff that really matters, and that is time and location of what is now being called amongst you know the the mainstream media is the kick it's it's what they're referring to the kick you know they had the decision with lebron james it's just known as the kick dave schofield versus the 45 yarder it's supposed to happen tomorrow dave are you ready or are you backing out of this thing Oh, I will not back out, although my wife he keeps trying to give me six different excuses to do it. <laughs> What's interesting is I, I decided I was gonna go out and try to try try to try to see what I could do, but first I had to find a kicking tee. I actually had to order one and it came in on Tuesday. So I went out and took a couple of kicks being an old guy. And then what had happened was um I could I struggled with walking the next day because I have, I, I, now that I'm old, I have bone spurs in my feet and it wasn't my kicking foot. It was my plant foot. So I'm like, I'm not going to kick it all Wednesday, but today I decided to go back out and man, my, my, my quad was burning before I started and it was worse after. And I, I have no chance to, to, to get this kick. So, um, which is funny because you guys just jumped all over this because my whole point when we brought up the whole idea was based on age. And I never even got to do it because Jeff just interrupted me and Brian's like, you're going to do this as a, as a thing. And I like, I had to sit back and take it. But honestly, if you want to know the truth, because if you're in your twenties and you kick a ball regularly and you, you should be able to, from using doing a kickoff, you could be able to kick it through the uprights from that far. Now the problem is I'm not in my 20s anymore. I'm not even in my 30s anymore. In my 30s, I think I could have done it from 45, but I'm not going to get it now. I'm not. I can't. I'm too far to practice. I forgot how long it's been since I've really kicked. I mean, I used to kick all the time, but I forgot it's been 12 years since I coached football. It's been that long. So I'm really out of practice. So uh, for those of you that were saying Dave's going to do it, we have faith in him. It's I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go out and I'm I told 
you guys want me to do it, I'll go out and I'll see how far it goes. But I'm also going to need some help. I need some help because I need a decent football. Because unfortunately, all I have is a Tom Brady football because it's it's pretty deflated. <laughs> I go to pump it up. And as soon as you take the needle out, all you hear is where the air just comes out until it equals out. And then it seals back up and it's fine. So I can't get a football that's actually pumped up. That's actually the right size because the football is back from when I coach. So it's like a 15-year-old football. So if you guys could help me out with that, I'm still willing to go out and take one for the team. But I will not back out with one condition. Are you okay. ready, Brian? Oh, I know what this is. <laughs> okay. Here's what we're going to do. No, and it's not, it's not the, it's not the BJ Finney pants. That's uh, happening. Uh, <laughs> um, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to, to, to wear the helmet because, because I can barely see, I, I'm struggling with getting my plant foot anyway, let alone with the helmet on. There's no way I, I'll miss the ball. Um, so this is my deal. This is what I want. After I get humiliated from these three kicks that are not going to make it far enough, we're going to set the tee up. And one Brian Anthony Davis is going to take a kick. And where that ball lands in the air, we are going to then set the tee up. And one Jeff Hartman is going to take a kick. And where that ball lands, we are going to put Brian Anthony Davis standing in that position. Then I will go back to the original spot and I will beat both of you combined. What what day what are you doing? Okay, that's, you signed that's up like to a kick equation. a forty five yard kick. You signed up for a 45-yard Oh, no. Account. What I'm saying is if I'm going to go out there and make a fool out of myself, I'm going to show that you guys are bigger fools than me. Maybe well, you shouldn't have said on bank. the air. Hey, no, hold on. Hold on, Brian. Hold on. Maybe you shouldn't have said on the air that you could make a 55-yarder with the same run-up as Kerry Lloyd. Did. Okay. Have you listened back to the to the show? I, I listened back. You saying that, and you interrupted me as soon as I went to go <laughs> because I, my whole point was, I was waiting to say it, was – was anyone of that age? I am not of that age anymore to pull this off. So, and unfortunately, that's my biggest wake-up call that I got this week is that I am not of the age to uh, to do this anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm game for that. I'm well, game for that guys, but I'm, in, I'm yeah. game for that. Okay, so how yeah. about that's the consolation prize? We'll, that's we'll the consolation do, prize. We'll do Brian versus Dave in a sprint. We'll get the chariots of fire music going and. Or would you prefer or, or, or no, would you what? prefer the Rocky uh, training montage sound? I don't. I don't think we should go head to head. I think we should have to wear each have to wear the pants for oh the sprint, gosh. and we will time it. Our YouTube viewers are going <laughs> to take an hour to get it. <laughs> but here's the thing about the kick, Dave. I have never claimed to. I I can't get it in the air probably at this point. Nor have I. I. I'm not a good prime. kicker of the football. So I, I mean, I can't claim it. I mean, I, I would love to go against you, but I don't have the skills. How how old is this person that we were talking about that made the, the that made the that we were started the whole discussion? The girl that kicked Car Carly Lloyd, Carrie uh, Lloyd, I think. I don't I don't know who Carly. she is. I don't know who Carly. she is. I don't know how old she is. Carly, yeah. In her probably, I would probably. So she's say probably what in her twenty five, twenty six, if I'm guessing. Yeah. So. Yeah, that that was kind of the comparison that I was making, but I kind of got jumped all over before I could even get to it. So, but that's why I'll take it back and I'll say, you know what? I put it out there. That's why I'm going to come out and do the kick. I'm not going to make it, but I'm going to come out and do it. How far do you think I'll make it? 
I bet she could make a 35-yarder. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is we're going to set up from 45 yards away. So where do you think the ball's going to land? You think I can actually get it into the end zone? Yeah, I think you get it in the end okay. zone. You have kicking experience. I think, I think what the big question is going to be, can I get it Ooh, no, to the Carly end line? Lloyd, Ooh. Reed is saying Carly Lloyd is 37. Really? Is she? I mean, I don't. What, what, she's what? She's a soccer player? Uh, yeah, she's a soccer player. Yeah, she gotcha. Is. And she's, yeah. what, three and a half years your junior? The um, four this, and a half. This just got interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize she was that old. I just saw some girl. Wait, saying, wait saying, 37 is old. I'm 36. I'm not old. You're old. <laughs> yeah, I'm 47, Dave. So what am I? Well, when it comes to. Okay, Jeff. So you what? say Ben Roethlisberger is not old for, for an NFL player. No. For an NFL player, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For for an athlete that does these things, that's old. All right. Here's from two dollars from Nick. He says, is, Jeff, is business booming? No. Um, <laughs> business is actually booming for us and for our podcast platform, for the website, for Antonio Brown, Mr. Third and Fifth. Not so much. Not getting into that, though. Not getting into that. You want to spout off on that? We have an article on the website to check out. So here's the deal. All those people that are watching live on YouTube, and they're curious about this kick. <laughs> this is funny. For it, it, was, it was Super Chat, so we had to bring it up. I have to bring it up. And there was another question from Super Chat, which I want to get to um, before I put a bow on this show. Let me find it here. Goodness gracious. Here we go from Michael. Four ninety nine. Will Ben have more touchdowns or picks? I don't care, Brian. More TDs. Dave season or this week, I'm going to say he has more touchdowns for both answers. <laughs> Is he like I, one of your students, Jeff? I'm, I'm taking advantage of, of both things. I think both in this game and for the season, he will have more touchdowns than interceptions. I think touchdowns as well. There you go. Yeah. So here's the deal for those that have subscribed to our channel. Tomorrow, unless I, I'm not sure what the weather forecast is calling for. Obviously, if it's raining, I'm not going to make Dave go out and slip and slide all over the football field. But if everything goes as planned, I will come home. I will pick up my five kids. I will take them to wherever he decides to kick the ball. And Dave, Brian will meet us there. My kids will probably be running all over the field. And I will have my phone live streaming this on YouTube. And I will do my best Al Michaels impersonation for Dave Schofield kicking the football there's a part of me that's really scared it's going to be really bad viewing but i think it should be funny at least so maybe we'll finish it up with a sprint between dave and brian and i don't know we'll figure something out we'll make it interesting brian will hey, help you know me with the, brian will help me with the play-by-play -play. yeah I'll, I'll help and i'll tell you what i'm wearing the finnies <laughs> i'll bring the finnies just to help out oh this is going to be absolutely it was going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. So there you go. Um, here's the thing. Um, I want everyone to know that what's coming up from a show standpoint, not necessarily Dave just kicking a 45-yarder, but tomorrow night will be Lance's Yeah, I Said It. Then after that, Saturday is going to be a Steelers Q&A leading up to the game. Sunday night will be our post-game show, and then we start all over with Monday and the Steelers Hangover. So, guys, good show. I thought it was great. And um, – 
Let's hope that we're celebrating a Steelers win the next time we're on as we prepare for the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. So good show. Appreciate your guys' time. Everyone in the live chat, we appreciate you being there for that. If you want to follow us on YouTube, go to youtube.com, search BTSE Steelers Radio, subscribe so that you don't miss a show. And then obviously make sure that you go and you follow us on all our podcast platforms as well. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. We will see you next time on the Steelers Preview.